Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for the Cleaning and Cocktails podcast. This is where I get the opportunity to speak with fellow cleaning business owners, small, medium, and large. We take the time to let them share their stories on the ups and downs in the industry. I also speak with other experts and professionals in the industry, from your manufacturers, your suppliers, trainers, as well as other types of entrepreneurs. My mission is to empower our cleaning industry to inspire and motivate each and every one of you. I want you guys to reach new heights of success and learn from one another. My goal is to have you walk away with some tips, secrets, advice, and opinions that are relevant to all of us in our day-to-day hustle and grind while we're out there in the field working every single day. So sit back and share a cocktail with us and enjoy the show. On this week's episode of Cleaning and Cocktails, Ricky sits down with Dave Slocum, president of SIA Insurance, along with SIA account manager, Caitlin Kalaki. They discuss the intricacies of insuring high liability businesses like janitorial, commercial, and residential cleaners. So grab a drink, relax, and if you enjoy this episode, give us a cheers by hitting the like button. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. As far as cleaning industry, when I first started, I had no idea what business insurance was. Right. I was a first-time entrepreneur, first-time right. business owner. I, I thought, and literally in the beginning, I thought insurance was everything, right? Health, business, life. I thought it all wrapped up yeah. in one. Turns out it does not. Turns out it does not. So for you guys, I thought it was going to be super, super beneficial for the audience to really get a, a breakdown of what what it means to have business insurance, what it means, what business insurance means, mm-hmm. like you just told me, PNC. Right. right. So you guys are going to get nuggets and nuggets of information, but I'm going to let them do a lot of the talking because they're the professionals and experts. And again, super stoked to have you on. Thanks for Dave, having us. In, introduce us. And I always start this with, you know, we're going to get to learn a little bit about Caitlin, but how, how did you get into the insurance industry? No, just like in the cleaning space, right. I don't feel like people go to college and no. say, I am going to get into the insurance space. Yeah. When I was a young kid, I didn't grow up saying, I want to get an insurance, turns out. Uh, but it turns out it, it's a really good industry. Like there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of opportunities for growth. There's a lot of different parts to it. And, um, you know, it's just a really good, good industry to be a part of. So like many industries... I didn't choose insurance, it chose me. And I'm glad that, I'm, I'm very glad that it did. My, my stepdad had an agency. Um, he had sold it in the late 90s, he had a buyout. He did really well uh, with his first agencies. And in 2005, when I was graduating from Illinois State University, they have a very good school of insurance, uh, Katie School of Insurance, a part of their college of business. And the reason that it is a very well-known nationally uh, insurance schools because you have country companies down there, you have State Farm, so you have executives from those companies as your professors. You have com- uh, those companies putting in a lot of money. So insurance carriers from around the country are pulling from Illinois State. So my stepdad had had an agency in 2005. He decided he decided to restart his agency, and I was graduating college, so I was the first full-time employee. Uh, you know, humble beginnings. The first two weeks, I, uh, our office was uh, in my stepdad and mom's basement. 
And, uh, and, and so my friends are going downtown on the train and going to nice offices. And I'm going to my mom's basement. Well, what's it's, wrong with that, though? That's, yeah, I mean, that's rent-free. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it came with a good lunch. Uh, so, so anyways, we're, we're doing that. We move into office a couple weeks later, and then that's kind of where things start. Um, and, I, and, and I'm very thankful and blessed that it, that it did happen that way. Um, you know, so I became a part in the business in 2010. My stepdad retired in 2014. I bought him out. Since the beginning of 2015, we've been able to, uh, to triple our revenue. And that's largely based on the fact that we have really good people and that we have a lot of systems in place that allow us to be proactive to work with janitorial companies or service companies or contractors um, to kind of stay on the cutting edge in terms of what they need. Awesome. And you guys, so as he was touching on the word contractor, right? And I, I, I personally work with Dave and the SIA, SIA group because he's got a lot of experience with contractors. And not to say that most insurance agents don't, but you guys really know our space. You Absolutely. really know what we're looking for. Yep. You really know the different, you know, different companies that you should kind of put, partner us with. Absolutely. Which is, again, guys, that's their job to know, right? A lot of times I have cleaning companies that'll reach out to me and the Rick, you know, what do I do for this? Or who right. should I talk to for this? And you've seen, I've tagged you a few times, yeah. but I don't want to be that person that right. gives them the direction to go in. Cause yeah. I'm like, that's not my profession. Right. Man. Like it's you, a very particular. Yeah. You, you, you have a lot of other things to do instead of being an insurance expert, right? So something that I think is interesting is, is 92% of property and casualty insurance buyers stay with their current broker, their current carrier, and the reason they do that is for a couple reasons, because it's easy, change is hard. There's some really good insurance brokers out there besides us, like there's some great, there's some great companies to work with. Um, and then also I feel like the expectations for this entire buying process has been very low. So when I call, you know, when I call a potential prospect, what I call a, a future client, we're very specific on who we're targeting. And when I give them a call and I say, so you've been with, you know, ABC insurance agency for 15 years, what are they doing that deserves your loyalty? That, that is earning that loyalty. And often it's, they're nice, they return phone calls and they provide a proposal. In my opinion, that's the baseline. Like that's just the bare minimum of what people should expect. You should be getting more and you should be expecting more. So I think the insurance buying process for janitorial contractors, for service contractors, for contractors in general, the expectations are too low. You should be getting more and insurance agencies should be improving your business. They shouldn't just be, here's a proposal. That's not enough to me. I remember when I first met with you and Carmen at your old office, you had a lot going on, you're <clears throat> scaling the heck out of your business, you're moving offices, you're doing a big build out, all these things. And I remember <clears throat> we went through the proposal and at the time, at the time you had insurance policies with different carriers, with different brokers, with different effective dates, your autos were on different policies. I'm an insurance professional. 
And it took me a little bit to figure out what was going on. But you were not alone. Mm -hmm. A lot of janitorial contractors are in that exact position. And I remember we were meeting in your old office. You guys are getting ready to move to your beautiful new, beautiful new office. And we went through the proposal. And I did something as simple as I gave you the rates per hundred on your general liability yeah. and work comp. So you could job cost. Yep. And you looked at me and you said, Dave, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Wasn't like I was doing something exceptional, but a lot of brokers, and there's a lot of great ones, aren't even bringing that to the table. So I just, I, I think that the insurance buying process, the expectations in large part have been low. And I think if you, if, if the buyer understands that there's more than just being nice and returning phone calls, that their, their company can improve from that. Yeah, it, it, man, and you just made me reminisce of, I remember that yes, moment. That, I, that was I, I a moment where I was like, you know what? You know, it doesn't hurt to ask because, right. you know, again, we're, we're trying to innovate our business and yep. we're always trying to be ahead and, and job costs, right? right? Job costing for janitorial, I'm sure for the other service You have to do it. It's very important, yeah. right? Where uh, when, we, when we think of insurance as business owners, I know I did and I know there's a lot of people in my community, in the small business community, they think the same thing where they, they think about insurance too late. Mm -hmm. They think about... It's reactionary. It's very reactionary. And like you said, you get very content. I didn't shop around insurance. Right. Like I, I, right. I just know I had a good insurance broker and relationship at the time, which I still have with, mm -hmm. with them because that's one thing I got to give you props to is, you know, you didn't make me switch everything. You were just like, Rick, this is what we can do. Right. Better. Here's the price. Right. I'm, I'm, I mean, the proof was in the pudding. Right. But then it's like, but you could keep this, this and that there because we, yeah. we don't, we don't do... We don't do that that as well as that was, or that's priced right. And you're honest. You're like, right. keep it there. Yeah. So it's like when, and, and, and that's why I'm, I'm happy to be here, everybody, right? Because when you think of your business partners, because I think of SIA and Dave and Caitlin Absolutely. as business partners, I like to know that they work in a beautiful space. It matches the culture that I thrive and live on. It mm -hmm. matches the expectations I would have for my business partner to be, you know, to offer to their staff so it's like, there's more than just the numbers. Right. You synergy. Know, there's, there's the synergy. Right. There's the culture behind the company that you're working with. Uh, and again, thanks for having me here. Man. Absolutely. I'm, I'm super. Glad, you know? I'm glad. It's my first podcast. This yeah. is great. <laughs> you guys are doing great. You guys All right, are doing this great. Is, this is good. But like, let's, let's also, so touching on that point where, you know, when you're starting, you know, let me put you in the shoes of a cleaning company, right? Because yeah. again, for you guys to know the audience, it's a lot of small businesses. It's a lot of commercial cleaning companies. It's a lot of residential cleaning. Right. Uh, we we don't think of business insurance in the beginning, and I know this because it's it's a cost. It's a cost that we try to avoid mm -hmm. until we really need it. Right. But or until something bad happens. until something bad happens, Correct. which Caitlin, I was telling you, I had theft happen. Right. We could jump right into this example. Right. Yeah. I had theft happen. Thought general liability covered it. Yeah. Not the case. No. It. So like, talk me through why should a small cleaning company or a residential cleaning, whatever the case is, a service provider, why should they be thinking of business insurance even before they have employee one, when they're a mom and pop doing the work themselves? That's a really good question. Um, for me, when I think about that question, I always go back to insurance is scary. It's scary for me and I've been doing this for 10 years. 
you know, give Caitlin, me- you got a great podcast voice. Just to let you know. Thank just, you. Just yeah. Great voice. <laughs> My new job now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it's overwhelming. There's so much information we need to get a quote for a new business that I think people get so overwhelmed. They're like, push it off, push it off, push it off. Do I need it? But you know, one claim can put you out of business. I mean, in 2019 in the private industry, the largest number of industries or illness were for janitorial and cleaners. They were number 10 wow. on that list. One claim. That's all you need. One claim. Can and that'll shut you down. Right. Yeah. And not only that, but it can go after you personal too, depending on it. Like work comp, you know, people don't realize if you have an, a worker that's injured and you don't have work comp, you get fined. You can go to jail. Like the penalties are so much for not having some of that work comp. And then on the general liability side, really, you're protecting your employees, your assets, your business that you're trying to grow. So why not start with it and grow with it rather than, you know, having a claim and then being out of pocket. And that's probably why you had so many different effective dates is because you didn't realize you needed different insurance. So as it popped up, you started writing it. I just, yeah, I asked for it. I just asked for it. Yeah. And, and, And that's a big part of it is is having someone that is going to educate you in terms consistently in terms of what you have what you don't have what you maybe need and then you can ultimately make the decision but as we talked about it is so often reactionary in terms of oh you had a you had a a theft that's not covered but i can give you a policy now doesn't that doesn't do you much right no, it doesn't it really doesn't all right so if you're talking about a a janitorial contractor that's trying to get off the ground and we want to look at things in terms of what do they need what what is the barrier to entry right like what is if i'm advising my friend ricky ricky's a friend he's starting his first business there are a couple things that i'm going to say if you go out there and you're doing business without this bad idea you know, mm-hmm. uh, general liability, something bad happens, bodily injury, property damage, you're responsible. That can be small, it can be big, and it can be big quickly. So general liability is one. Uh, auto. And, and general liability, Dave, so we could dig deeper on that. Because, yeah. you know, like I have some situations, I have five million. Mm-hmm. Most standard is my five million, but I do sometimes get the request for 10 million. What does that mean? What, what does it mean to have a million yeah. dollar general liability? So generally what you're going to see is you're going to see a million dollar occurrence limit per claim, a two million aggregate. So if you just have a general liability policy, you're, you're going to potentially, your carrier could pay two one million dollar claims. Contractually, you work on some jobs where the requirements are five million dollars. So what that five million dollar umbrella does, and this is not for the folks that are just starting that are cleaning homes, yeah. right? That $5 million is going to go over. It's going to be additional liability limits to go over your general liability, your auto liability, and your workers' compensation. So if we take a step back and we say, look, what does the starting janitorial contractor need? That if I'm advising a friend, I would say don't go out and work without general liability, auto, because you're going to be getting to the job. Your employees are going to be getting to the job somehow. They may be running to Home Depot on behalf of Rosalato. 
There's now, does that mean there. if they're driving their car or driving your vehicle? Company both. Vehicle. Both. So <clears throat> if you were to go and tell an employee to say, hey, go, go to Home Depot because we need to get gloves. We need to get cleaning gloves. And they go there and they're involved in an accident and they're doing that on behalf of Rosalato. They can absolutely be pulled. Rosalato can absolutely be pulled into a lawsuit. So even though they're in their car. Absolutely. Okay. Because it's 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 a non-owned vehicle, it's a higher vehicle, it's someone doing something for your business. Okay. So general liability, auto, and then workers' compensation. Um, those are those are the three that I would say no janitorial contractor should go into business without that. And then kind of one other piece would be a bond or mm -hmm. uh, a crime policy that covers theft of client's property. So we have a lot of janitorial contractors, Rosalato being one of them, that may go into banks. You may need to have a half million dollar crime bond. You may need to have a million dollar crime bond. So if your employees and I'm not saying your employees would, but if an employee were to steal something, client's property, that, that bond would pick up that coverage. So general liability, auto, workers' compensation, and then potentially a crime policy for theft of client's property, I would say that's the barrier to entry. So, I mean, so those are big points, guys, right? Like, those are, those are the must-haves. If we are cleaning contractors, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're residential or commercial, right? Right. You're saying that's for both cases. Yeah, you go, you go into a really nice house, and they have really nice jewelry. So think about that, guys, because I know I was in the situation where I thought general liability covered that theft, but bond is what you need. Bond uh, again, or crime. Bond yeah. or crime. crime. Uh, but it, it matters on, you know, the, the level. It does matter on the account type. But it's, it's just a great checklist, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've done many videos on, you know, you need an LLC, you need a, your checking account, you need a bank to, to team up with, you need yep. health insurance. On the business insurance side, you heard it here, right? It's workman's comp, general liability, auto, auto crime. Cr crime for theft of client's property. Right. So that's, that, that's, that's a starting the bare point. minimum. Because, that, again, that's, if, 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 if you're going out and, and cleaning homes, and look, a lot of people don't, right? But... If you're going out and you want to create a significant, legitimate business, that's the barrier to entry from a property and casualty insurance perspective, in my opinion. Kayla, you got something? Well, and also I think too, it's ease of mind for your customers. So I know, and obviously I'm an insurance, so of course I'm gonna ask this, but first thing I ask a contractor is, do you have insurance? Can I see your certificate of insurance? So you saying you're bonded or you're insured or whatever, that boosts you. Because if I don't see that, I'm not gonna call you. Yeah. So right. it's almost like not only peace of mind for yourself, but peace of mind for your customers that you know they're not gonna get brought into something or you have coverage if something happens. And I, and I gotta say one thing that I did, I, I feel the effects now with the organization on my side, on the Rosado side, is we, we had a lot of subcontractors, we had a lot of vendors We're that would work with us, those, right? Yeah. And it's like, you now that we know how important that part was, it's it's almost a value add that we give to our affiliate partners. Because remember, we, we don't like to call them subcontractors. We call them affiliate partners. <clears throat> but it's still the same thing. Right. It's, I mean, they're learning that piece, too. Like, this, yeah. is, how, this is why it's important. Like, yeah. you, you, we can't work together. 
unless you have that. I mean, yeah, and that's something that we have worked with you guys closely on, and that's kind of my, I guess, next step. So if you're doing, if you're self-performing all the work as a janitorial contractor, as any type of contractor, any type of service, if you're self-performing and you're not using subcontractors, you're worried about you and your employees. As soon as you bring in a subcontractor, then the ball game change and you have to focus on different things. <clears throat> to boil everything down from a more complex insurance perspective to the basics, because I think there's the insurance world and then I think there's the real world, and you wanna make sure that we're working there, is all of your subcontractors should have general liability and workers comp, <clears throat> and you should have an executed subcontractor agreement. And what all of that is about and what we do is our concern is to make sure that we're covering you. I'm not as concerned about your subcontractor. Because you're not That's covering them. They're, they're just <clears throat> providing That's the paperwork. That's not my responsibility. That they, that. Right. Well, my responsibility is, is to make sure that we have the risk transfers in place, that when your subcontractor creates an issue, that it's their issue and not your issue. And when you go into a medical facility or a bank or Home Depot to do cleaning, whatever it may be, you're not going to be allowed to do work until you sign an agreement, until you provide a certificate of insurance that meets their contractual requirements. And they're not doing that for nothing. They're doing that because that's a risk transfer. That means when you make a mistake or there's an issue, what they're trying to do is insulate themselves from your issues so they're yours and not theirs. And when you are a big or a small company, if you do bring subcontractors into the fold or independent contractors, affiliate partners, whatever you may call them, if you don't have those things in place, then their issues can become yours. Yeah, which you guys pointed out to us. Yeah. I mean, it was really the truth. Like. Uh, we and you know Alex even on our on the financial perspective it's a burden it, right. it's a, it becomes our burden because yeah. becomes we, your we cost did, we didn't yeah, yeah yeah it be it becomes it becomes your cost um, and it can impact you for years if you have right. a claim that goes on your loss runs you have to explain that to every carrier your premiums go up depending on the coverage so you know it's not just saving you from the the you know the liability but saving you money because. Yeah. You're not paying for these claims. That's on them. And you're not managing them. You're not watching them. So really, they should be doing their own thing. So what do you guys think about when you... Because so, I'll get this... Not that it's a rebuttal, but I'll get this uh, response a lot. Rick, we just started. You know, it's yeah. costly. Mm -hmm. You know, but we're just getting our first contracts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that we want to make all the profit that we can make so we can build our business. Like, how do we, how do we help educate the industry to say... Yes, it's costly up front, but it's going to be costly in the long run. You may not even stay in business if you don't do these type of things. Like what? Yeah. What What is an average cost? Let's say for. I mean, is that is that tough to say? I mean, I know it depends yeah, I mean, on, it, on state by state. So too. yeah, it it depends on state by state, but it also depends on what they have going on. So is it a single person? You know, if it's a single person and they're doing their own thing and they're your subcontractor and they're a a person that's providing their own cleaning as a subcontractor to you. I mean, the general liability is going to be anywhere from 500 to 1500 bucks, depending on the carrier. For the year to month. For the year. Okay. And then the workers' compensation, they're going to go to the assigned risk pool. 
and they're probably going to exclude themselves from, from coverage. They have the ability to include themselves. That's a decision as an owner officer. But the workers' compensation, if they were to exclude, exclude themselves, is going to be anywhere from fifteen to $1,600. Yeah, I think it's about 1600 So that's if they don't have any employees. Now, if they have employees and they want to work for you and they don't want to have insurance, I've talked to Carmen about this. I would say find another subcontractor. Yeah, no, you guys have. I mean, you know, it's, and, it's and, plain and, or simple. Right, really and, 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 that's, and that's because my concern, again, is protecting our clients. No, and super appreciative yeah. for that because it, it really does come, that's almost like a one of the bullet points of if the answer is not what we want, you're, you're really not going to work because if, then again, it falls on us. Exactly. You know, and, and the whole point here is, we're, we're working together to offer them an opportunity. Right. And then also just as a cleaning business owner yourself or a service provider, if you have employees, which you which we touched on before, you gave me a great value add when you told you started to tell us the dollar per rate mm-hmm. of that. Rate per hundred. Yeah. The rate per hundred. Yep. Well, let's pass that on to the client. Right. Like let's Absolutely. You have when to. you when you bid that project, yeah. you've got to include that in the pricing because then you really are not paying for it. You're paying for it up front, right. but now it's being passed on to that contract because again, it's, it's simple numbers, right? right? It's how many hours is it gonna be a full-time employee? Is it a part-time employee? As you add, the workman comps will increase. Cause right, Correct. is that a rule of thumb? As your payroll increases, workman's comp increases? Yeah, so, so it's a rate times times your payroll. And your rate is gonna be based on your financial history, your claims history, your NCCI modifier. Like it can, it can range widely in terms of what your rate is. But yeah, in general, you know, you're gonna give a, an estimate for your payroll. Let's say it's $2 million. And if, it, if you end up at 2.5 million, you're gonna pay more money. And if you end up at 1.5, because unfortunately COVID impacted your business, then you're gonna get a refund uh, but but it's 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 account specific uh, okay. in terms in terms of the rate. Okay. So there is there is there a formula or is there things that we can do to predictively understand what the cost could be that we incur year over year? Because because the, the audit that's a scary thing, right? Well, that, the 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 audit the audit's a scary thing if you have two things. You know, we have a lot of carriers that will that will offer what's called pay as you go. Mm-hmm. So, and you, that's what you guys use. Let's actually talk about that. Right, that, that's a good point. Yeah. So, pay, pay as you go work comp. So, this month we have one, you know, one hundred twenty thousand dollars of payroll. So, your workers' comp is going to be paid. Your premium is going to be paid based on that one hundred twenty thousand dollars in payroll. Um, if you're not doing that, it's more of an estimate. But what we do proactively is we contact our insureds every quarter so we can remind them to say, hey, your, your payroll's based on $2 million. Where are we trending? So we can keep a finger kind of on the pulse, on the pulse. Of, what, yeah. of, of what you guys are doing. Uh, and then in terms of the audit, the only time that it's scary is if you have, not the only time, the main time that it's scary is if you were to have uninsured subcontractors. And we can talk about that too. But if your subcontractors don't have general liability, if they don't have workers' compensation, ultimately that's going to be your cost. Yeah. And so that just goes back to 
If a subcontractor can't provide you a general liability and a workers' comp certificate and they're not willing to sign your subcontractor agreement, then I would look at other subcontractors. Okay. All right. One of the things that we provided for, for Carmen uh, and for Rosalato. Carmen, again, if you guys don't remember or know, that's my mom. She's Sorry. an angel. We She's love an her. angel. I got, I got a plug by my mom. She's great. Mom. She's, She's great. the most amazing. She is. We need more Carmen's. We do. We need to clone her. Uh, Put her with uh, every client. So one thing that we sent Carmen is in this, this kind of talk speaks to our agency continually, continually looking to proactively provide resources that make us different from other insurance agencies. And one thing that we've been able to identify is there's a website where if you give me a company's name, ABC Janitorial, I can go look, and I've sent this to Carmen, I can go look and I can tell you whether or not they have workers' compensation. So that's how she finds out. She yes. told me she does her own yeah. license. Yeah, that's it. She's PI. So then you guys actually told her about that then? Correct. Okay, so yeah. I yeah. think you told me that that was your idea. But I actually, I, I'd like to, that's Carmen another find, found that and she sent it to me. <laughs> it's actually. No, so, right. I mean, again, what I say, guys, right? Nuggets. These are, and, so you guys remember, you know, the audience is, is just starting off in the business. Mm -hmm. They're hitting the refresh button right. or they're larger size businesses. Yeah. This is just so super important because it's, it's not something sexy that right. people talk about. Yeah. It's not something that, mm -hmm. you know, somebody's going to say, Hey, how's our business insurance looking? Right. We think it's sexy. You guys think it's sexy. Actually, right? Caitlin Speak does. For yourself. Caitlin does. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it, it, it is so crucial for us as operators of our business to get this right. Right. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And a couple other things. I mean, like as we look ahead in terms of, okay, if you're just starting, we've discussed what is, what is the bare minimum that you need? It's that. And then, I mean, it can expand, right? Like in general, we're working with clients that are, that are in the 5 million to a hundred million dollars in revenue. And we work with people that are smaller and we work with people that are bigger, but that's where we play generally. And as you continue to grow, then you do have to look at other things. Um, you know, if you start cleaning Menards and you have floor scrubbers that are $6,000 a piece, you have to address that, right? Like if you have three of them at Menards and they go missing, do you want to spend $18,000 out of your pocket? So as your business evolves, and that's a part of what we do with SIA 360 insurance system, you have to be able to continually identify those things. And then I don't know if you want to talk about a couple of the other things that were, and I don't know if it's COVID related or what, but a couple of the other things in terms of, of, of cyber and then EPLI that we're seeing a lot more of, but, but those are some things that, again, as you continue to evolve, you continue to grow, you continue to scale, you have to focus on these things. No, yeah, let's touch on those because yeah. think about the, you know, again, people want to grow and scale, so, you know, how many vehicles they buy how, in a, right. a new office that they move into mm -hmm. warehouse that has inventory. Yeah. Remind like, are, me on the vehicles, by the uh, way, after you talk yeah. cyber, you know, as your business grows, you're going to need more coverage and something people don't really think about much is cyber because you think, eh, I don't really have that much personal information, but it's so much more than that. Cause it's your system. What would happen if your whole system, your billing system, your POS, whatever you use just completely was taken hostage. Your small, or, yeah. Yeah, your small business, you can't afford that. 
you know, they're asking $10,000, 15, 20, like that's a lot of money. And this happens to small businesses. It happens to big businesses, happens to insurance carriers as we've seen recently. Um, it doesn't matter your size of your business and it will impact you just as hard. I've seen it happen to small business where they lost all their information on their computer and you have to rebuild that. Right. And that's, no, is that by, is that, but like, what if you're using like a CRM or an, a third-party resource that so a is couple housing all that information? Yeah. So the worst one that is, so we'll see a couple a year at this point, a couple of cyber claims a year. And they're generally not, not big, they're not huge, but often what happens is someone, a hacker comes in and they take a month of your accounting information, they hold it for ransom, they ask for Bitcoin, you pay them, you move on. Bitcoin. That, that's how it, that's what, mm -hmm. honestly, no, I mean, that's, that is legitimately what we see a couple times a year. That's and then one you have Bitcoin's to, what, like 65,000 right now or something? It's probably like 58 right now. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Let's, let's buy some. Uh, and ransom attacks are getting more and more popular now with people being home and working right. remote. So the biggest one that I've seen was a large snow removal company that maybe they, large to me, they, they did maybe 15, 20 million dollars a year depending on obviously the snow. But what happened is hackers came in and they took two months of their data. And they took it from the cloud, they held it hostage, and they basically had said, look, we need this, send us this money, and then we'll send you the information. Long story short, it ended up costing about $70,000 because what they had to do was they had to pay it they had to notify all the affected parties legally. So all of your employees, all of your vendors, you have to notify all of them legally, and then you have to get the information back and you have to unencrypt it. So what I often tell people is a couple things. The, the people that say, I don't need cyber insurance. I say, do you use a computer? Yeah, I do. Okay, then you do need we, cyber do I, do insurance. Do I got cyber insurance? You do, okay. yes. Um, we I'm good, about, I'm good. Yes. I'm good. Yeah. You should purchase uh, more. Right. <laughs> that's, that's actually true. We did talk about yeah. that like two hours ago. So, um, so you, you, have to, you have to be able to do that. But what, what people often say is, well, it's in the cloud, right? What I always tell people, what I suggest is, if you're going to use the cloud, that is great. But also back that up somewhere else. Because Home Depot was using the cloud and Experian was using the cloud and Target was using the cloud. And, but what, what you have to do is you have to use your, your CRM, you have to use the cloud, but then back it up maybe to a server at your house. So if you have those two. I think we bought a server, right? Oh man, I am hitting the checkpoints. Yeah, the boom, majority, boom, boom. But, but, but we are seeing that more and more. And then the other one that we're seeing a lot of, and this is not just service construction, but service and construction are not exempt is employment practices. That definitely is one coverage has really ramped up over the last few years, with the, especially with the Me Too movement. So employment practices liability, I mean, it, it protects you as a business if you have, a, you know, an employee sues you because they say they were sexually harassed or you discriminated them because of their age or race or anything protected like that. And, you know, what we're really seeing is people are speaking up more. With janitorial and cleaning is you guys are off site, so you need third party. Because what if one of your cleaners whistles at, you know, someone walking? The receptionist. Yeah. 
you know, that oh, she could Oh, so you're saying take. like our cleaners in the environment of our account. Yeah, exactly. That like those, your clients, you know, they're employees. You need to protect your business in case one of your employees does something to it. Because we can't party. control that. No. Right? Like we don't, you're I mean, not there. They're, you, you, they're not you, there. You, you, you do the okay. training, right? Like you, you train your employees properly and you, you have employee handbooks and you have toolbox talks and you explain what is and isn't acceptable. And part of it is, I was actually talking with Carmen earlier, is, and one thing that we've supported our clients with is the SB 75, which is Illinois Sexual Harassment Training, which started last year and just something that all, all employers have to go through. But it could be an employee that says something wrong. It could be a person in the field that takes something wrong. But if they were to say, you know what, Ricky, one of your employees sexually harassed me, and I'm going to sue you for that, that's employment practices liability. And and uh, drinks, yeah, drinks. <laughs> so, so yeah, so so it's not only that, but what we've seen more, where the biggest influx has been over the last year, because of COVID, because of the challenge of challenges of bringing employees into work and employees that don't want to come into work. And, and employees having to lay off, employers having to lay off employees because they're unwilling to come into work, but their job can only be done here. That's not stopping people from saying you're terminating me wrongfully. That's tough. And yeah. going, and, and it's just, it's it like, who's, who's, it's a very tough situation. He said, she said. Exactly. Correct. So cyber, we're seeing a lot more of employment practices, liability, we're, we're seeing a lot more of. Um, and that's part of what's leading to a harder insurance market, um, which we can discuss too. But but those are two; those are additional things in terms of when you start to grow. You want to look at property. You want to look at higher liability limits. You want to look at cyber. You want to look at employment practices liability uh, as as you continue to scale your business as as service contractor. And the best thing about it is some of these coverages, although not as robust, can be added onto a package policy for you know not that much premium. So if you're a small business, you don't have that many employees yet, you only need a smaller limit, even though you should have a standalone policy that's more robust, we can still add a little bit of coverage onto the policy so that you do have that little bit of coverage. That right. does protect you. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that we do, again, in just being proactive is Every carrier will, will throw in a smaller limit for cyber liability. It's usually fifty or a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We put that on every single, like all of our employees know here. You put that on every single client on every single. Even if they don't ask for it, future exactly. client, they have to tell me they don't want it. Mm-hmm. And is it a humongous limit? No, but a lot of these claims aren't. They're not that. Yeah, you guys you know. So it's, there's 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 something there. Uh, and then the other thing that we do proactively is we offer a fuller, higher limit um, cyber policy as well. Okay. So we'll we'll just provide that as a hey, this is something you, you should look at. So those are just a couple things with with uh, janitorial contractors as you continue to scale things to look at. And like there's there's one thing that I like when we talk about when we're in the you know mass rank group or we're getting together like we had a big convention coming up in two weeks in in florida which i'll share a lot of this information about um think about all the information we have from our clients we have keys to the buildings mm-hmm. we have, we're in there when nobody's there mm-hmm. right so like it it is super important to have business insurance pnc like Correct. 
I, I can't stress enough, you know, yeah. how, how helpful this kind of conversation is, you guys, because you're, you know, when you're servicing an account at 7 p.m. at night when nobody's there, you're giving the keys to an employee that you may have trained a week ago right. that you are entrusting in them to service the account. Yeah. Don't touch this. Don't open that door. Again, we're not there, you know, over their shoulder. We're doing the best yeah. we can to you train. You can only do so much. You can only do so much, right. though. So it's, yeah. it's in our best interest as business owners to have all the ducks in a row. Would you guys say, is, and I, I think you guys would say no, but is there a cheat sheet? Is there a, is there a cookie-cutter way to approach business insurance for a small business owner? Or if not, I mean, what are the best steps we can take? Because again, you gotta think of be in their shoes, mm -hmm. be in my shoes where I'm a first time entrepreneur when I started the business. I had no idea what business insurance was. Interview your broker. I mean, I think that's like literally something no one thinks to do is interviewing your broker, which just means talk to them. See if when you ask questions, if they are short with you or annoyed or anything, or if they're gonna spend the time with you. Cause yes, you're a beginner. You're gonna ask a lot of questions. Sure, it can get annoying at times, but we're here to help you. And that's what our business is. We wanna help you, we really do. We want to make sure that you're successful because it makes us successful. And we want you to have, you know, obviously talk great about us too, but really, honestly, it comes down to your broker. If you have a great broker, then they should be, you know, thinking proactively for you. And they should have a checklist that they go through with you, which right. is what we have with our SIA 360. Right. So. Yeah, you, you need to you need to find and, and this isn't kind of like, um, you know, I have a, a couple other ideas, but you, you need to find someone that will be an advocate for you. So is there a cheat sheet? No, there isn't. Is there a basis to what you need? Sure. If you're a small janitorial contractor and you're just starting, it, it's not overly complex in terms of what you need, but you just have to make sure you have it. Now, as you continue to grow, and as we're dealing with 5 million or 25 or 30 or 50 or $100 million companies, it does get more complex. And you do have to have someone that is going to consistently look at what is changing in your business. And for us at SIA Insurance Group, what we do is we do a coverage assessment. So we've condensed as well as we can, mm -hmm. and it's six pages. So it's six pages that we go through. When I met with a, a, a future client yesterday or a prospect, I went through and I, I asked them these questions and I asked him questions that I would bet nine out of 10 brokers aren't asking them. And that's okay because as I said, I don't, I, do I wanna know what you have? Is it helpful? Absolutely, yeah. But I care about what you need. So you have to find, you have to find someone that is going to understand your risks, to understand your exposures, to identify your exposures, and then you have to work together to determine, okay, what am I willing to take on? What do I wanna insure? What do I wanna avoid completely? Maybe we could do things differently. But for the very small businesses, is there a cheat sheet? Sure, but for businesses that are growing, that are more complex, you need to have a tailored solution. Yeah. Well, man, you guys nailed that part then. Because, I mean, think about it. It's, we, everybody wants the short way to get to something. Like, you know, they, they want, you know, I, I hate to use the word cheat sheet, but it is something that I know 
as a small business owner, right? You want to have some steps to get to, to understand, hey, year one, it's gonna cost me 5,000. Right. Know, year two, it's gonna cost me 7,000. Just something that we can tie to, but you guys explained it well, right? Like it, it, it's case by case, state by state. Yeah. Wages are different. Yeah, Absolutely. everything is different, and 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 there are a lot of a lot of people, a lot of carriers, a lot of agencies, a lot of private equity companies that are trying to commoditize that, right? Like they're trying to figure out a way to to create that cheat sheet, and they're trying to do it all online, and and some are doing it well. And I remember it was probably six years ago I went to. CARES home office, and it was myself, nine other brokers from around the country, and I was meeting with their executive board, the CEO, the CFO, um, chief marketing, and they, they were asking me about that, and they were wondering specifically, like, what do you think? Like, where is this going? Because there's always disruption, right? In every industry, there's disruption. Where is that going? In my opinion, I think Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I think when you're talking about an account that's paying fifty thousand dollars a year in premium, or two hundred and fifty, or three hundred, or five hundred thousand dollars in premium, you have to have a relationship. You have to be dealing with someone that's going to be your advocate, that's going to work on your behalf, that's that's going to make you a smarter buyer, that's going to be strategic in terms of what you're looking to do. At some point, will AI be able to figure it all out? I'm sure. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but, but, but that's what you have to you have to find you have to find someone that's going to kind of be your advocate. All right. Well, I was going to say as we wrap up, is there anything else, Caitlin or Dave, you guys would like would like to share to the service provider industry that is watching the show, hearing the show? Like it's, again, just any more points to hit home as far as insurance partners allies right right yeah besides call us what would you like (laughs) i think the best advice you can get is the minute you start feeling overwhelmed you really just have to take a step back take a breath write your questions down and send them to your agent if your agent can't get those done or your broker can't get that done then you need to you know really look at that insurance shouldn't be painful i mean it is in some regards to get that information it it shouldn't overwhelm you it should be like a system like this you get the questions you get the answers you maybe have some follow-up questions and then you get a proposal and then you live happily ever after in your you know relationship with your broker and you never leave them and you never get quotes anywhere else you just stay with the broker right yeah (laughs) so yeah i mean a few different things um i think buyers should have higher expectations i i think what you know if you say your broker is good because they're nice and they return phone calls and they give you a proposal i think you should be looking for someone else personally um i believe that you should be looking for someone that will continually improve your company in proactive ways and be continually bringing new things to the table um, because it is changing and you know, for our agency, we do different things. It's, it's providing mock OSHA audits. It's providing pre-employment physicals. It's, we partner with a company that provides, and we were talking with Carmen about this earlier, GPS tracking with dash cams. So if you have an employee 
that's driving and they look down because they're looking at their phone, the supervisor gets an email with 10 seconds of them doing that so you can use it as a teaching moment. The next thing that I think is coming. <laughs> Damn, all that Absolutely. Way. What? Yeah, really? absolutely. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to be putting a proposal together for that soon, and those are the types of things. Make sure they don't put it in my car. I was yeah. just about to say, do not put that. In, do not put that in my car. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're the one millionth business owner that's told me that. Uh, uh, seriously. You couldn't use it in your car either. Of course not. <laughs> um, so the other thing that I think, you know, one other tech thing that we're looking at is partnering with a company that provides wearables. So if you have an employee and they have something on their arm that, that says, okay, when I'm doing this, I'm unsafe, and the supervisor is aware of that, we have some carriers that are partnering, and we're looking to partner with them as well. So my point is, is whether it be you know at SIA Insurance Group, we're interested in always in, always evolving, always improving, and I think janitorial contractors, I think service contractors, I think you should be trying to do the same thing, and you need to find an insurance broker that will help you improve. Well, that was awesome. Okay, that was awesome, guys. Okay. I mean, if you got so again as we wrap this up, right? You guys could see that. Look for an ally. Look for a partner. Look for somebody who's going to be creative. Mm -hmm. Look for somebody who's going to be innovative, yep. which is a word I always talk about, right? Because yep. it's if you're not being innovative, then you're not being proactive, and you're not looking around the corner to the left because just looking around the corner isn't enough. Right. Look beyond that corner. Right. And in our space, more than ever because of COVID, the cleaning space environment, the service space environment is vastly changing mm -hmm. it's evolving we need tech we need partners like you guys to to help us because it is not in our it, we're not thinking about this kind right. of stuff and you we're, shouldn't we're thinking about business growth, we're thinking scale. about growth scale yes we should always be thinking about protection but we're thinking about protection in, in ppe we're right. not thinking about protection in insurance that's so, why you need yeah. a good partner yep thank you guys for being an awesome partner absolutely and Man, I swear to God, I always screw this up. This is going to be a meme. We're going to do a meme. I didn't even cheers to start oh, the freaking show. Cheers. This is called, <laughs> this is called cleaning and cocktails, and I didn't even freaking start the show. Well, that means we just have to have another drink. So Damn. It's okay. End on but, a good note. Yeah, we're ending on a good note. You guys, thank you again for tuning in. I, you know, I appreciate you guys for thank you taking for, the time. Thank you for coming in here. We do yeah. appreciate it. It's fun. So until next time, you guys will have all their information down below. Uh, you'll be able to connect with them, drop any comments if you want to meet with them. We'll have all their information. But I thank you again for tuning in. And it's a, just another great episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right.